All right, what does the Bible say about homeschooling? That's what I want to know. Well, have you done a keyword search? Have I done a, I've searched for homeschool. Have in you the searched Bible. in Greek? <laughs> I did, yeah. Home, homus schoolius. <laughs> That's more of a Latin, more of a Latin way of saying that. Yeah, it's not like we have a passage in scripture where Paul just says, thus you shall homeschool your children yes. and in doing so please the Lord, right, right? Right, We don't have that imperative. And so we, but we do want to know what does scripture have to say in terms of how we as parents are called to facilitate the education of our children mm-hmm. and how does that interact, interact or overlap with uh, the imperative that is very clear to disciple our children mm-hmm. and to raise them up and to train them up in the things of the Lord. So today we're answering this question is what does, if anything, what does the Bible say about homeschool, homeschooling your children and uh, how are we as parents to parse through various texts in scripture that talk about teaching, disseminating wisdom and instructing. So mm-hmm. you're joining us for that. We're happy you're here and we'll see you on the other side. I just want to start this this episode with this quote is this scripture is central to all knowledge because it is the inerrant divine revelation of the creator of all knowledge god himself mm. that 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 thought the fact that everything that we learn has to be centered on scripture mm-hmm. really does kind of calibrate this conversation a little bit because if we try to say for example you try to think through math you try to think through even music mm-hmm. or literature or history we try to do so assuming or, or without explicitly acknowledging the existence and the preeminence of God, uh, it changes the whole educational experience. It changes mm-hmm. the whole landscape for us. So this, I think, is more central to the education conversation than many would often recognize. The, yeah, the, the, or uh, the idea or admit <laughs> the idea of discipling our children in the yeah. things of God. So today we're going to go through some scriptures that uh, talk about teaching. Um you know, passing along, raising up our children and, you know, training them mm-hmm. in in the counsel of God. But what I really want to focus in on is what bearing does it have on a Christian parent who is trying to figure out how to educate their child? Mm-hmm. Even that, so the scripture's not as clear on the modes and means of education and things that maybe are outside of the knowledge of God. So right. before we get into that, my name is Ryan. This is my lovely wife, Selena, and we are the Fredericks. We're mm-hmm. the Founders Faces voices of all things fierce marriage fierce parenting and we've been doing this for a number of years and we um we're thankful for your viewership your listenership if you want to be a part of the conversation the easiest way to do that is to hop onto youtube if you're not already there and leave a comment uh hit that like button subscribe to the youtube channel also uh find our podcast if you're listening to the podcast leave a rating and review if you want to support it and be an active supporter you can go to fierceparenting.com slash partner our hope and our guarantee, as well as we are able by the grace of God, Lord willing, is to continue doing this and proclaiming the gospel into the spaces of parenting and encouraging you for many years to come. So. Right. So uh, two questions that are just kind of coming out of the gate. Uh, obviously, if you do a keyword search, it's kind of a joke. There is no homeschooling word, right, in the Bible. Uh, but it does that mean that God doesn't care? about how our children learn, kind of for the first question, or in what environment they acquire, they get knowledge. Does God not care about that? Or is the idea of education so obviously embedded in biblical categories of parenting, church, and discipleship that it need not Mm. be made explicit? Uh, So these are two questions, two to three-ish questions that we're going to kind of investigate today. It's funny, and we're going to talk about school 
like what is school itself? What does modern education look like? The foundations of public. Well, we're talking about that in our next episode. Yes. Um, but it's funny because when you go when you talk about that or you do some research on that, they'll refer to public school as traditional school. Right. Ironic. When it's that's funny because it is anything but traditional when when you're thinking in terms of biblical terms. Right. Because you just said it could it be so just baked into the categories for parenting for the church mm-hmm. and for uh, for community that education is just kind of implied mm-hmm. in scripture, like the modes of education are implied. Right, right. So homeschooling itself is not mentioned in scripture because uh, there was nothing, uh, there, there was no public school alternative. It wasn't public like institution there was, to like com- contrast it against. Yeah, there wasn't like the, the public schools of Israel. Like, well, <laughs> no, I mean, but if you look, know. yeah, in ancient times you had the prophets who wrote the scrolls, you had uh, any sort of like writing and knowledge base other than you know shepherds and whatnot was pretty much reserved for the Mm -hmm. elite and so there's kind of that I don't know there's that tension there that yes today I think everybody should be able to have the opportunity to learn and read write again another conversation today we're looking at the bible he's saying that modern public school we are saying is not traditional school so we should use the terms how they are uh, defined Um, first of all, our task as Christian parents, as we get into this conversation, uh, is outlined in the Bible. We don't see the word home education or homeschooling, but we do have clear directives. We are to teach our children the things of God. How do we do Mm -hmm. this? Okay. We might talk about a few modes here, but that's not the focus of our conversation. Again, our conversation is what does the the Bible say about how we should educate our Mm -hmm. children or in what ways, or what are the things that we should be educating them about? Um, and if we live under the authority of scripture and scripture says, these are the things, then we say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Right. So if we look at historical biblical, biblical accounts and talk, they talk about raising children in the full knowledge and obedience to God's law, how parents training kids in God's law through the oral and the retelling of, um, you see in the 10 commandments, you see it all through Deuteronomy when, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, they're always referring to being brought out of the house of bondage, out of the house of slavery, out of Egypt in a mighty way. God did it in a mighty way. So they, they are passing down the story mm-hmm. of God, the powerful, uh, omnipotent God and his mighty works that he did. We also see this call to gain wisdom, to gain knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, as well as this understanding of fearing the Lord, right? And having the knowledge of God. And so how are these things acquired and why were these the things that were put at the first and foremost of what a child should learn and know? Uh, hmm. the Bible puts that there. And so if, if God puts that there, right, we're going to, if when we're saying, okay, God, why did you put these here? Why are these the most important things? Well, he's, he gives us in his word in, and as you see, when we go through scripture, you'll see the repetition of certain themes of certain hmm. phrases uh, that we can put emphasis on and we can understand that, okay, God laid these out in a certain way and there's value here. So I need to either submit myself to see the value or I need to learn what that value is because I may not know it already. So do you want to talk about some of the themes and stuff? Yeah. So I did a, a, a fairly... Kind of word study. Yeah, a fairly... Well, not really... A, well... I overview. Did, I, I did an overview. I looked at <laughs> where, what are the different... Um, a rundown. <laughs> just a little Charles Minor <laughs> rundown. So what are some of the categories that we have scripturally for uh, ideas um, and modes of learning? So I, I did a little account. So we can look... We can categorize these since we've already done the research. Let's give you some... I want to... 
keep your ears and what i do want to say something before this as as we get into these conversations this is not to replace your own devotional time with the lord your own uh scripture reading time you need to ask him to lead your uh lead you and direct your decisions as a parent uh, who desires to train up their child in the things of the Lord. Like this is not to replace, this is yeah. merely to hopefully show, Well, so show and tell. Yeah, and so we, I think it's clear, and then we'll make it clearer here, that the imperative on the parent is to train your children up in the mm-hmm. things of God. And then we have more leeway in the educational categories of, of our child's development. Mm-hmm. The question then becomes, where is there over overlap or where is there where is the educational mode detracting from this primary call that we have right. it should supplement the right. substance of you training them up in the things of god right we see we'll, words yeah like teach in well, the bible yeah so i did so i'll get there yeah okay. so i i did uh, a fairly expan- extensive <laughs> there it is <laughs> the words are hard today <laughs> yes man it's been a tough day for recording um so I did a word study and I found there's these verbs, there's nouns, there's personal nouns. Okay. So some of the verbs to look out for is teach, instruct, train. These are things that we're called to do action mm-hmm. words, tell, mm-hmm. uh, nurture, discipline, mm-hmm. think of speak, mm-hmm. um, those sorts of things, raise up, right. train up. Those are verbs. Uh, some of the nouns. Okay. And I, just to get an idea of the breadth of what's kind of emphasized, um, we did. I counted each one of these, not by hand, but using <laughs> modern technology. <laughs> knowledge. Okay, there's 158 mentions of knowledge throughout the Bible. Wisdom, 213. I would have thought it would have been more than mm-hmm. that. But wisdom. I didn't look for wise necessarily, but wisdom. Mm. Uh, prudence. There's just a few of those. Instruction. Understanding. There's 125 mentions of understanding mm-hmm. throughout Scripture. Now that if you think about un- understanding what that is. That's an internalization. And to me, that's the that's the kind of pinnacle of learning yeah. is, is understanding something. Right. Or you've... Because you've you can learn, you can hear knowledge being taught to you and you can learn it, but until you understand it, it's hard to in- actually internalize and know that you... Right. If you teach a child to memorize, hey, one plus two is three, they've memorized it, but they've not understood it. Therefore, right. you ask them, what is, what is two plus two? They won't be able to solve it because they right. haven't memorized that. Right. So understanding is... is to me, the pinnacle of it. Right. Uh, discretion and discern. Uh, uh, discernment or discerning. Uh, that would be a noun. Again, nouns are a person, place, thing. They're just the kind of things we're going after. And then right. personal nouns. Okay. So someone who teaches um, knowledge, the, the, the outcome of that would be somebody who is knowledgeable, right? right? Or they're the knowledgeable one or okay. the wise one. Um, and so there's the wise, there's the simple, there's the fool, there's the scoffer which mm-hmm. is a lot of times that's alongside foolishness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, yeah. I would say the disobedient. <laughs> the, the yeah. In the Old Testament did what was right in their own eyes, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be. right in the eyes of God. And in, and in the Old Testament terms, like to call someone a fool is about as harsh yes, of, yes. A, of a rebuke you can give someone. Um, but if you take those, those three, you know, nouns, verbs, and personal nouns, you could basically say, you could synthesize something to this effect. You know, do these things, another teach, train, instruct, and to share these certain things, which mm-hmm. would be the knowledge, the wisdom, the prudence, all these uh, things, so that your children might become the wise, mm. right? Nobody wants to train their children to become the fool. Right. So you might negate that sentence like, fail to do these things, fail right. to teach these certain things, mm-hmm. then you will train your child to become something else. Right. And 
theoretically. We're not saying yeah, we're not it's, saying it's not that a it's cause a, and effect necessarily, right. but it's interesting the, the, how you could synthesize that statement out of what we see in Scripture. Yes. Um, and we do see, you know, some of that cause and effect in Scripture as well. But Right. So we got to look at passages of Scripture uh, comprehensively and talked, you know, when we're talking to you guys, we're trying to have our opinions kind of fall to the wayside and allow the Word of God to instruct us and tell us and teach us and show us and train us like... It is yeah. there to do. And so... Well, real quick, this this is one of those topics that people are very quick to jump on a high horse, right? Yes. Like we home educate our kids. You probably know this if you're watching, you've watched this any period of time. Selena is an amazing instructor of our children. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a decision we made. Watch the video before this. We talked about our journey into that mm-hmm. decision. And we are very passionate about it because the experience we've had with it has been so fulfilling, we so rich. we become very passionate about it. <laughs> we've become passionate about it. But, and so it'd be really kind of, I think it would be too easy for us to hop on here and just say, yeah, if you're a Christian, you have to homeschool your kids because how else are you going to disciple them? Like we could try to make that argument. And we just don't see that in scripture. I think we do see, we we are able to draw some clear lines, which we'll get there. Mm -hmm. We are able to draw some clear lines, but there's within that, there's a lot of room for parents to, um, to do what they discern to be the best way to do the things that are not negotiable, Mm -hmm. to do these things we're going to read about here. Right. So and not by not negotiable, I mean like training them up in the things of God. So. Right. So again, the Bible addresses the heart, the attitudes, the applications of knowledge, as well as mm-hmm. kind of the worldview formation. But it doesn't always uh, talk about the acquisition. Again, the modes of knowledge. We have one uh, exception that we saw in Ecclesiastes, which you can mm-hmm. read, but it still gets distilled down into two primary directives. So why don't you read Ecclesiastes 12, 9 through 14? Yes. Yeah, so besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge. Okay, so he's the preacher is teaching knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight and upright and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these collected sayings. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Of making many books, there is no end. Uh, And in much study is a weariness of the flesh. Okay, so they much study making the many books. The end of the matter. So he's concluding the entire book here. Mm-hmm. The end of the matter. All has been heard. For God, fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For mm-hmm. God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. The passage he's talking about, the preacher is teaching. He's carefully weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs so that it might edify those who listen. Mm-hmm. And saying that those proverbs are like nails firmly fixed, right? They are holding the very structure, right? almost the structure of, of thinking, almost mm-hmm. or the structure of learning together. And they are given by one shepherd. Of course, that one shepherd would be it's Christ. A capital S for shepherd on Christ. there. Yeah. And then he goes on, but beware of anything beyond these. Mm-hmm. This is interesting because we're talking about these nails, essentially, like fear the Lord you know, uh, obey his commands. Mm-hmm. These are the types of Proverbs that we'll be talking through today. Anything beyond, be aware mm-hmm. of anything beyond mm-hmm. these, of making many books, there is no end. Um, and then he goes on and says, with every, um, God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. And I got to thinking, well, what what are evil, what are secret evil things? Well, th- that's kind of easy for us to imagine because you typically, we hide things we're ashamed right. of. Right, hide sin. Yeah. Um, but what's, what's a secret good thing? So every secret thing, good or evil, what's a secret good thing? And I had to thinking, well, that's going to be the things that we have yet to discover, right? Like imagine there's this beautiful waterfall 
somewhere hidden in the Amazon rainforest. <laughs> it's a secret it's thing. Yet to be it's beautiful. Discovered. <laughs> it's secret. No one knows about it. Yeah. And then you're exploring and you find it. You've you've unveiled a secret good thing. Now think about your your knowledge journey. If you're a scientist or if you're a physicist or you're you know, you're a poet, right? You're trying to un you're trying to unveil some secret good thing mm-hmm. that can be for the good of those who would either benefit from that research or benefit from your your art, your poetry. So it's just interesting that even those things will be brought in into judgment, that even God is the God over those things. That does give us a sense of maybe a mode of learning. Yeah. Would be an instructor and someone being instructed. Mm-hmm. That's a mode of learning. And the question yeah. is, is that somebody that is related? Right. Is that somebody in a group setting? Yeah. I mean, you have different modes. I mean, think of like the Socratic method. That is one type of, you know, model of learning. We have the classical model. There's which incorporates the Socratic technique. Anyways, that's a whole other conversation. But we are going to get into some scripture here. Deuteronomy 6 is where we land. I would encourage you, definitely go read all of Deuteronomy 6. It's 25 chapters and verses. It's just short. (laughs) Don't you read your Bible? Um, We're going to just highlight a few of these themes and read through them because... Again, you're going to see the repetition. Again, you're going to see the emphasis on what the Lord values in terms of teaching. What are we teaching? Why are we teaching them? Why is there a reminder? Why is this repeated once again? So in verse one, now this is the commandment, the statutes, 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 statutes. There's like three T's in there. Statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it. So context, this is Israel about to go into the promised land of Canaan. Uh, verse 2, that you may fear the Lord your God. Okay, so we see once again this this fear and this directive to fear the Lord, you and your sons and your son's son by keeping all of his statutes mm. and his commandments. Okay, so again, fear the Lord, keep his commandments. How can we fear the Lord and keep his commandments if we don't know who God is and we don't know what his commandments are, right? So... Just questions to think about along the way. Uh, verse 3, Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, it, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you mm-hmm. in a land flowing with milk and honey. Again, throughout the Bible, we see multiplication, uh, fruitfulness, production of fruit, right? That is that is a sign that God right. is at work, um, that we're on track, that the Lord, there's blessing there, uh, there's obedience there. Um, this is the key passage as well, I think, that you might, do you want to read verse 5? Yeah, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. So there's commanding again, you mm-hmm. shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house. And on your gates, um, and that that to me speaks to. It's obviously talking about um, the things of God, and it's not like uh, so. When you walk by the way, it's it's painting a picture of basically this is the the water that your child is swimming right. in. That they are it is so saturating the very culture of your your existence as a family mm-hmm. that it's it's unmistakable. It's un you're unable to miss it. Right, right. There's a warning in verse 12. Take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out mm. of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Again, we mentioned that at the beginning. There's a, a huge reference, continual reference back to Egypt or Israel being brought out mm. of Egypt. It is the Lord, verse 13, your God, you shall fear. 
him you shall serve. Okay, so we're giving given a picture of, again, fearing the Lord, serving the Lord, instruction. Verse 14, you shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you. For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God, lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you and he destroy you from off the face of the earth. Okay, so we are given, again, instruction. It's it's almost a contrasting, right? It's the Lord you should fear, the Lord's commands that we should follow, by doing that, we should not be following any other God, any other gods that might be out there from the people around you. Hmm. Apply that, just just bring that into your, your day, right? Of how many other little G gods would you see or hear throughout the messages that you, you see and hear all through the day, through your social media, hmm. through just looking. I mean, we're talking about education and what does scripture say and what are the messages that are being presented to, to children nowadays in yeah. public school systems? Yeah. Uh, one thing that comes to mind is that we're, we're trying to help you, Christian parent, think through this this critically, critically and how um, education should be weighed carefully yeah. and decided upon for your child. Now, think about, again, this little G-God idea. We ask many parents and friends of ours and people online have asked us why we homeschool and we always kind of have this dialogue. And you say, well, wh- why? So what, what, what drove your decision to educate your child in a certain way or why why don't you homeschool or why don't you do Christian education well sometimes it'll come down to well we can't afford it and you know that's that's a true reality mm-hmm. that's like that's why we homeschool it's because we couldn't afford private school and we knew that public school in our area I'd say that was the first stone on the path probably that was like well okay sure we have to sit and evaluate I, ne- I don't necessarily think that was the entire reason why sure it was the first stone yeah um and so anyway, you have that conversation with somebody and you say, well, we can't afford it. When my first question is always, if I know them, I'm not trying to poke too hard, but it's like, well, why can't you afford it? Yeah. And remember, he's scenarios. talking about, yeah. he, Moses, Moses is saying, hold on to these things so that you do not stray and mm-hmm. go after other gods, other nations, because your God is a jealous God. Mm-hmm. So how do we stray in our modern day and age? Where we mm-hmm. say, well, I can't afford it because, or I don't have the time, I'm, I have to work, um, because we've got a house, because we've got right, whatever. Right, because I maybe I've been, I've strayed and I've gone after maybe another small g god or an idol that says that lifestyle is paramount, that mm. pleasure in this life is paramount. I need to make my life as cush and as easy and as like fun as fun <laughs> and have all the things that I want because that's the point of my, of life. That's what we yeah. That's what you and s- that, you could believe. If that so if if that's driving you to build a lifestyle that's only sustainable at the expense of following God in a yeah. way that he's calling you to follow him, then and that, is, your children. that is effectively what this passage is talking about. Yes, yes. Um, we don't obviously have pagan gods that, oh, it's like, it's not like we, it's not normal for people to. We don't have like statues to, anywhere. Yeah, to think, yeah, because. I mean, think, I guess there's like Buddha statues around. Well, the pagan <laughs> gods, they would maybe have different promises attached to them. That's Say, true. Like this god's, yeah. this god's a god of fertility or this right. god's the god of right. the harvest or this god's the god of health. And right. so you think, well, I want that. And so you go grab that god and you put right. him on your mantle and say, now I'm going to have some health. Right. Well, well, money's the god of happiness. Yeah. Or, or my job right. is the is the god of, of the harvest because my job is what provides for all the things that I want. So, so I want to get back to your question because there's something else that we wanted to talk about there. So if you're saying you you can't afford a Christian school or you can't afford to homeschool, uh, you said, okay, let's let's peel back some of those layers. Let's ask some questions about lifestyle. Let's evaluate, um, are we worshiping God hmm. uh, in the... Tr- I want to pause you there because, sorry, I want to, because really what I, I'm asking those questions because I want to think of this without 
all of those other factors weighing in right. on it yet. We right. want to think of education in it. Like, what is the right thing? What is the right thing to do? And we're just going to tell you straight up that there's nothing in the Bible that tells you you have to homeschool your kids. Right, but the, the Bible does says fear God and keep his commandments. But worldview is paramount. It's yes. so paramount that when God told Israel to go into battle for the promised land that he didn't even really care about their battle strategies. He just said, worship me. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, what did they do? They crossed, they put the stones up as a memorial to remember all that God has mm-hmm. had done. They crossed it, they crossed over and they did, uh, they circumcised all the men. Crossed over the Jordan, yeah. They crossed over the Jordan, yeah. They circumcised all the men, which right before battle, not really, doesn't seem that logical because <laughs> they're all going to be debilitated and injured in a really, in the worst way. And then what do they do? They celebrate the Passover. Mm-hmm. And then they go into battle, yeah. and the battle includes marching around for seven days and shouting at the stone walls, mm-hmm. right? God does not seem to care about the tactics of the battle. The battle's already won. Mm-hmm. What he cares about is the hearts and minds of the people. Right. So this right. is paramount to God. Yes. And so we want to we isolate this and say, take all the, the other considerations and say, let's just look at this as pragmatically or as, as truly as we can, mm-hmm. and then we can, let, then we can start to build... Uh, the other parts of our house around this cornerstone of of raising our children in the things of God. Amen. So, again, God is saying, you shall not put other gods before me. Hmm. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord. So the word diligently is now in there. Uh, And his testimonies Hmm. and his statutes, 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 (laughs) which he has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord that it may go well with you and that you may go in and take possession of the good land that the Lord swore uh, to give your fathers. Um, Mm. Skip down to verse 20 and read through 25 because it just, I think it just puts everything into perspective. So uh, when your son asks you in time to come. No, it's not if your son, it's when. When your son, so when your child asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and the Lord showed signs and wonders great and grievous against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all in his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear (laughs) the Lord our God for our good always, that we might preserve he might preserve us alive mm. as we are this day. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. Yeah, I mean, it seems pretty pretty uh, overt there. And it's, it's this idea of remembering who God is, what he did, what he's done for his people. Mm-hmm. And so obviously we are not necessarily, we're not Israel in, in this Egypt. moment, and we're not no. in Egypt in this moment, but we now have Jesus to look back at and right. say, Jesus, look at all he's done. Look where he has brought us out of in and terms I, of the slavery yeah. that we were in bondage in, in our sin, right? Yeah. He's broken the chains of sin. He's conquered death. He's brought us out. Right. And so we have to show this to our children. We get the privilege as their parents to have that that direct line into their heart. We talk about this on Fierce Marriage as spouses. We have direct lines into each other's hearts. But I believe we also have a privilege as a parent to speak into our mm-hmm. children's lives and to tell them about the things of God and tell them how the Lord brought us out of slavery, brought us out of our fears, brought us out of our anxiety, out of our depression, how he is our hope, how there's struggles that we're going to face, fears we're going to face. But ultimately, he says to fear him acknowledge who he is and all his holiness, omnipotence, and we are to 
obey his commandments. And that yeah. is what he's called us. That is the duty of us. So this theme, it runs throughout scripture. Okay, that This is not the only place where uh, parents are told to raise mm-hmm. their children up in the things of God. Uh, and there's other places where parents are, are, are told to train um, in very specific ways, like in the New Testament in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Instead, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Discipline and instruction. Another translation that's popular is bring them up in the training and admi- admonition mm-hmm. of the Lord. Yeah. Um, training of the Lord, like what is that? That's that's discipleship. That's mm-hmm. this is who our God is. This is what our God has done. This is who He's calling you to be, mm-hmm. and this is how He's calling you to behave mm-hmm. as a result of who He's made you to be right. as one of His one of His children. Um, uh, and then just I don't know. We can go into so we read through De- Deuteronomy, which covers Deuteronomy's the second law. So it's mm-hmm. like a repeat of a lot of what's already been said in the Pentateuch. Uh, in Psalm seventy one seventeen, it says, "Oh God, you have taught me from my youth." And to this day, I proclaim your marvelous deeds. That's the psalmist. It's a different genre. It's interesting, though, the idea of being taught from one's youth. Mm. It's uh, There's a familiarity there. Right. There's a, a, a right. history, lineage kind of yeah. um, connection. Psalm 78. Uh, it's, there's a lot here, so I'm going to read four of the Such verses. A good psalm. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might. And the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children, mm-hmm. that the next generation might know them, the generation or the children yet unborn, mm-hmm. unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn, rebellious generation, mm-hmm. generations whose heart was not steadfast whose spirit was not faithful to God. So good. So good. Um, again, more and more reminders. Uh, you want to read Isaiah 38, 19. Uh, the living, only the living can thank you as I do today. Fathers t- will tell their children about your faithfulness. The perennial Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I mean, we have, I mean, there's so many more of these verses. Yeah, I mean, if you just, again, go through your Bible, look for children, look for parents, do kind of a reference, a topical study that way, mm-hmm. you will find verses about knowledge being in, imparted into young men. I mean, look at Proverbs, even Proverbs 31, how it's a mom, right, telling her son, instructing her son on uh, a godly woman. And so, there, again, we see this instruction given to mm-hmm. younger generations. Uh, and it's it's by a familial, I <laughs> didn't realize this, there's a familial tie into where the authority is coming from. It's typically mm-hmm. from parents. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, not a call to homeschool, but I do think there are some compelling, compelling verses uh, and scripture that tell us, command us to instruct our children. And honestly, I don't know if there's enough time in the day for me to feel like, okay, Lord, I think we've gotten so, one verse through, right? Like, But here's the question, and this is where we're going to go next, is does the Bible talk about how to instruct them in things that are outside of the scope of the scriptural <laughs> trajectory, scripture, scriptural narrative? Right. In other words, the Bible's not a science textbook. Well, it's not. It's not. <laughs> I know, but it has... It's not a mathematics textbook okay Okay, no no i know yeah i'm not saying that god didn't create this i'm just saying that's not what the bible's the bible is god's special revelation to show his people how to be saved and how to know god yes it doesn't tell me about napoleon invading it doesn't tell you about the distributive law (laughs) 
for addition. So, so that's what, so yes. And I don't know that any parent would say, yeah, I'm not supposed to disciple my kids. Like every parent would say that the question that we have, and we really want to, is where does education and discipleship, where's that overlap? Yeah. And so Bible says in Proverbs 1, 7, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Uh, fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear mm. of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. It is the seed from which all knowledge mm. st- sprouts forth. Mm. And that's what you're getting at. Is mm. I say math is not, or the Bible is not a math textbook. And you you bristle at that because you're like, well. You can't really have math without God. Right. And I 100% wholeheartedly yeah. agree mm. that God created math and he has given order to this universe. Yeah. He hasn't revealed every detail of his order in right. the text of scripture. Right. Now, we can take everything about what we observe in the universe and say, wow, this is awesome. I observed this. This isn't just random. This isn't just something that this is attributed to the God of the Bible. Yes. Amen. Um, So we, the Fredericks, there's a few, I think, things that we can just, we would say and that we believe and you can take it or leave it. But we believe that our children can know and understand God better while also also making him known to others uh, when they study his creation, right? And so we have a biblical worldview that we apply because we believe that is paramount, that them knowing God is, again, fear God, keep his commandments. So knowing God, knowing him rightly, and knowing ourselves will cause us and hopefully help us mm. to understand uh, his authority and us and our role. Um, a child's intellectual or vocational development is supplemental to their spiritual development. You said you said early on, take it or leave it. I'm saying take all these things. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I will say. I that just want to say these are kind of these are more these are not out of scripture. These are kind of our our sort of takeaways. These on are deductions some based on scripture. Based on scripture, yes. So we believe again, our children can know and understand God better and tell Him about others through studying creation. Uh, their vocational or their academics uh, are supplemental to their spiritual development. The mode. That we've I've determined at least, and we've talked about this is you can take the it mode. It. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so. Well, the mode is typically determined. I'm thinking of like skills, like learning how sure. to read, learning how to write, learning how to do math. Right. The mode is typically determined by their age and ability, mm-hmm. which you would hope that a primary instructor or teacher would know, but that can be a difficult thing when you have 26 year olds in a class. It's hard to off, often know. Okay, this kid learns better this way. This kid learns better that way, and to give them that one on one time. Right. Uh, again, we're going to get more into the the modes and the hows and the whys of education in a later episode. But yeah. again, we're focusing on scripture. It's the authority in the life of a believer and our decisions. It is our authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, and specifically, we need to go to it and ask the Lord, how are we to educate our children for your glory? Uh, Matthew 19. I mean, just let us not forget the beautiful words of our Savior. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. And do not forbid them, for of such in the kingdom of heaven. For for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Yeah. So today's objective was simply to think, okay, given this big, like this big responsibility, this big glad burden that we have as parents to mm-hmm. raise our children up in the things of God, what educational structure will best lend itself to not push back against, to not to not undermine, mm-hmm. but rather would amplify Right. that that goal right. through the through the lens with which the education is happening right and so for for for, for next week for the next episode that we we release on the homes, homeschooling series 
we're going to look at the structures of public education specifically. Yeah. Okay. Because history of it, where it originated, why. It, which typically takes place in a classroom. So there's a different format dynamic mm-hmm. there. And there's and the how whole, that even came about. And there's the whole Zoom thing, which was over the last two years has mm-hmm. been inundating every, every tra- traditional quote unquote <laughs> modern school. So, but for today, it's just this idea that I have this big imperative. Now, if I think about my child's education in light of that, everything, remember, we always say this, that every aspect of parenting is discipleship. Mm -hmm. Every part of parenting is some sort of discipleship decision, Mm -hmm. Uh, education being one of those huge ones. Uh, And you heard me say this, that the the beginning of of all knowledge is Mm -hmm. the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. If you're watching this and you're thinking, I don't even know what what the fear of the Lord. Of course, right. you know why, why would I want to follow a guy a, a God that I'm afraid of? Yeah. Well, fear fear in the, in that sense is more about reverence. It's about recognizing God is God and I am not. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're if you're watching this, you're listening to this, and you're thinking, man, I know I'm not God, mm-hmm. and I know that God is powerful, and I know that I need to be in right standing with Him because He's God and I am not. And we're here to tell you that He has made a way for you to be in right standing with Him. And the way He's done that is He's sent His very own Son who loved the world in such a way. God mm-hmm. loved the world in such a way so that so as to sacrifice his own son mm-hmm. so that we might uh, have righteousness, we might be cleansed yes. of our sin, mm-hmm. but not only that, we might be given his righteousness. And here's the beautiful part. We're recording this. It's on It's uh, It's on. on Maundy Thursday, right? Maundy Thursday, yeah. Uh, and Holy so week. we're going to celebrate on Sunday that, that that Jesus didn't stay dead. Dead Death did not did not win. Jesus arose again victorious. We have lots of wonderful evidence of it. Mm-hmm. And he rose to eternal life to give us eternal life. Mm-hmm. So we want to invite you into that. If you want to learn more about what it means to become a Christian, we set up a website for you. Just go to thenewsisgood.com because I tell you, friend, the news is very good and it's free news and it's it's accomplished. It's not they're not moral recommendations. It is an announcement of something that God has done. Mm-hmm. And you need to only put your faith in Christ to be brought into the fold. So with that said, um, Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word that is so instructive Mm -hmm. in uh, truly what your heart is after, and that is our hearts, that is our adoration, that is our affection, that is our worship, our obedience, because you deserve it. You deserve all glory, all obedience. But Lord, it also so happens that you've given us a way to flourishing, and that's by obeying your word and following your statutes and your law. So Lord, I pray that you would help us as parents to um, in, internalize that for how we raise our children. Mm-hmm. I also pray that you'd help us to think clearly about how our educational decisions for our children can either help or detract from that main imperative to show them you and to raise them up in the admonition of the Lord. So we love you, Jesus. We thank you. Um, help us think clearly. Help us act decisively uh, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, friends, join us next time for the next installment on the homeschooling series. This is going to be, these episodes are a little bit longer because there's a lot of Mm -hmm. good stuff to cover. There's a lot of good stuff to cover. Yeah. So we appreciate you hanging out and we'll see you again very soon. But this episode is in the can. See you again in about seven days. So until next time, stay fierce.